time for the Thomas Guide to All Things Political. John Thomas on The Bill Handel Show. We are more ready than we have ever been before. Well, we'll see what happens. I hope uh, that we'll continue onward. We'll see. here on a uh, Friday, May 25th, and of course the big stories that we're covering are uh, Harvey Weinstein turns himself in this morning, and uh, he is being accused of and uh, will be charged with rape charges. This is the criminal part of the Harvey Weinstein story. So he came in and hand- they put him in handcuffs, and uh, he made bail, million dollar bail, so it's sort of in and out. And he put up a million dollars in cash. What if he brought it in singles? In a bunch of suitcases. Just to say, hey, here's my money. I think the court would be thrilled with that. I'm assuming he writes a check. And maybe a cashier's check. I'm surprised he's still that liquid. That We were talking about that, John. And that is, here's a guy who, whatever stock he owned in Miramax, is worthless. Because, of course, Miramax sold for a fraction of his value. And his company split up. Yeah. He's kicked out. Yeah. So I'm assuming that if he invested wisely, because he made, I mean, unbelievable amounts of money, he has all the assets in the world. Because think about this a million dollars in cash, plus what do you think his attorneys are getting? Right. Uh, his civil attorneys, now a criminal attorney, who sounded great this morning, incidentally. I was pretty impressed with him. Okay. And uh, now uh, the other huge stories going on is. Uh, the tit for tat that Donald Trump and Kim Jong Un are getting into. Oh, before that, oh, good lord, Bill! Yes, it's Free Movie Friday. Yes, it's it back is. With Adam tickets. They're giving you a chance to win free tickets. So text them now. Text the word "reporter" to Adam One. That's A T O M One for your chance to win. Standard data and text messaging rates apply. You know what's good about John doing this? Uh, no, that's true. I don't have to. Well said, Alex. But also the excitement level that you put into it is thank you. Thank you. Terrific. Let me have the, the copy for a minute, okay? Uh, yeah. So I, I'll do. Alex it. told okay. me not to give Here this to you, but it's movie Friday. Friday. It's movie free movie Friday. <laughs> Adam tickets is back. Chance at free movie tickets. Text them right now if you want. Yeah, it's the app. Okay. <laughs> that really was the most low yeah. energy you yeah. and Jeb Bush. Right. That's why you're doing uh <laughs> That's why Alex promotion. like, please read yeah, this yeah. when I walk Okay. In. So, uh, Donald Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un, fascinating uh, d- display of either uh, pretty good diplomacy, not good diplomacy. Uh, I think it's just a great example of, of diplomatic ping pong mm-hmm. that's going on. I think that's right. So... I, but, but politically, but, who's going to win well, on this? Well, one? but I, either way, it's high stakes for both sides. Uh, I, I do think that this is essentially round two of negotiations. North Korea, I think, understands that they're kind of backed into a corner that they do need to have a sit down. They had a meeting with South Korea. It went well. Um Trump said that, you know, the fact that North Korea was even legitimized by big America saying, hey, we'll meet with you was a big was a big get. Um, And then I think North Korea was concerned about, quite frankly, uh, looking weak in this process. So they have a little bit, you know, they say, hey, we're not going to let you come and dictate the terms. Trump then says, I'm not blinking. 
fine, you know, because Trump doesn't want to appear weak. It's just a give and take. The rub here is, though, what's fascinating, Trump's uh, approvals are actually doing much better nationwide than they ever have been. And part of that, a lot of the underlying numbers we've discussed are good economy and other things. But part of the bump is because there has been over a 13 point bump with most Americans in the, in the cross tabs of Trump's uh, how people perceive Trump to do on foreign policy issues, particularly with North Korea. So if that falls apart, it's possible that those numbers soften as well. See, I don't think if it does fall apart, I think the way it's going to be spun and it may or may not be true is that he did everything he could. And it was Kim Jong Un who's at fault because look at why Trump said no. Uh, you have uh, the situation with uh, the destruction of the missile testing site. International observers are going to be there. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let him in. They did let international reporters, but the argument is what the reporters, do they have enough te- technical knowledge? Experts. Right. Yeah. And then you had a situation where in Singapore, the Americans, uh, I'm assuming Secret Service and State Department, were there to plan the Singapore meeting. The North Koreans never showed up. They just sifted them. And so now we're pissed off. And then you have Kim Jong-un saying he talked about, uh, even though within this wonderful conversation they're having about North Korea's nuclear capabilities. So Trump responds saying, well, first of all, ours is massive and uh, we're going to blow your head off if Mm -hmm. you try uh, amongst this uh, in the middle of this great letter he wrote and then saying, uh, you know, we're done. We're done. And because of what you said, because of what you did, uh, the hostile actions that you took. But you're, does Trump's base leave him over this? Absolutely no. Oh, no. not. No, As not, fact, not, not be a million given, years. No, no. He's but, going to be given. If he starts World War III, Trump's base is not leaving him. It's a well, question of uh, is he going to be given credit for even going there, doing everything that he could? And I think the answer is yes. Time will tell. I, there's a difference. Will the media give him credit? I'm not sure. Obviously, the Fox News of the world will. But, but will the mainstream media give him credit? I think that may be a mixed reaction. Do those swing midterm voters say, hey, Trump did his best on this one? I don't know. Time time will tell on that. I still think that they come back to the table. And if they do sit down and they do work something out, um, it. I think it essentially neutralizes the Mueller investigation attacks and the russia the russia story because it, it will balance itself out protecting trump in the midterms uh and by the way the midterm numbers for trump are looking better and better every single day and nope. if and if the house doesn't change hands which if the election were held today it wouldn't if the house doesn't change hands now democrats won't be able to try to impeach trump and if they don't do that trump will be able to drive his agenda and trump gets reelected in 2020 i mean it's it's and when you're talking about simple. midterm numbers, you're talking about just Republicans winning. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. You you look at these critical seats that the Democrats have to flip. And today, like in Orange County, they don't look like they're flipping. All right. We're going to come back. Uh, oh, and the last time. Our $1,000 giveaway. <laughs> at least here on this show. I'm getting pretty excited about this. Okay. I'm, I'm pitching a tent here. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll be back with that. Crystal blue all right we are maybe not yet not yet hold on we're I'm, i don't want to make too big a deal about this but i'm going to make a big deal about this and are you ready for this ladies and gentlemen 
Okay, you ready? Here is your chance to win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Winners notified with a phone call. You've got to answer it. Leif in Moreno Valley did, and he won $1,000. There's a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right. Uh, the big stories that we're covering today, uh, Harvey Weinstein turns himself into the New York Police Department, is arrested on charges of rape. Uh, that's pretty serious stuff. He made a million-dollar bail. He is out, and uh, he's looking at some very serious I'm stuff. actually surprised that they did get him on rape charges simply because all the victims that we've seen come forward were from such a long time ago. I think they, uh, he's, I think they got him just within the statute. Uh, there's two women. Two charges that he is uh, being uh, held on, or well, not being held on anymore. He made was bail. it the potted plant? Was that one of them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was the potted plant. It's a good question. Okay, no, that's excellent. And then North Korea, of course, North Korea now says Kim Jong Un is still willing to meet the president at any time, even after the cancellation, and they're paying, uh, playing ping pong, ping pong, ping pong back and forth. All right. Uh, John Thomas is here with the Thomas Guide, uh, seen on all social media. Now, this story uh, you have uh, a lot of information on because you have connections within the White House and here specifically the communications team. You probably know about as much as this anybody out there other than people inside. So here is the headline from Politico. Trump demands house cleaning on White House communications team. He house cleans the way I change my underwear every week. <laughs> I don't know which is more disturbing, <laughs> you changing every week. But um, yeah, th- this they are cleaning house. They're essentially removing, in the process of removing almost all the lower level communications team. They're keeping uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and a couple of the top brass, but they're getting rid of everybody else. And why? It's because Trump is worried about the leaks you you heard what was it two weeks ago when that uh, one of the they were in a private meeting and uh, comms staffer made a uh, off color remark about right. Senator McCain and that immediately was leaked. Well, it turns out originally there were leaks in the White House. It was coming from the West Wing, uh, from the the fight between Kushner and Bannon and uh, Priebus. They were all leaking Scaramucci for what seventy two hours or whatever it was. But those guys are essentially gone. So now they still have leaks, and they're pretty confident it's all coming from the comm shop. So it makes sense. You want to clear, uh, clear that. But here's the problem. The actual job of White House communications is a massive task. They're, the stuff we see at the press briefing every day is just one smidgen of what that press shop controls. That press shop has to be the liaison between all government departments, you know, commerce, the attorney general, um, co- different consulates. I mean, it's, it's a massive job. And then, of course, uh, it, 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 here's, here's I guess, the fascinating thing, and it, it's more of a tell that Trump could even think that he could cull all of those staff, that Trump doesn't think he needs those staff. That's the biggest tell to me, is that Trump thinks he is the communications director. Well, he is the and, communications well, well, he, director. And he is, and he is, but he, I don't think he values 
all of the other bits and pieces that need to be done by that department. Or even understands it? Um, no, I think he, I think he gets what they should be doing, but he says, look, if they're leaking, they can't be that valuable because they're causing me more harm than they're doing good. And the, the problem you have is they've had this problem consistently with finding communications directors and others is that seasoned communication pros don't want to work for this white house. And it's not because they may not like the Trump agenda. It's because they can't control their client. And they know that the comms director is the one that gets blamed when you're when when something bad happens. Right. So when you're talking about or when the uh, Trump is talking about a house cleaning in the White House, cleaning it all out, uh, is it fair to say that he doesn't plan on replacing them? No, they, I mean, is that possible? No, no, they do plan to replace them. But the problem is getting back to my earlier point is. The kinds of people that you can replace them with, they may not be leakers. They might be able to sort that out. But they won't be pros. But they won't be pros. And so part of a good comms team knows where the narrative's going before it goes there. They've seen this cycle play out before. And so they catch problems before they happen. But if you bring in a bunch of people who are rookies, they're just chasing their tail a bunch of the time. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back. And uh, I want to keep John here. Uh and, and talk about the gubernatorial race, because that's fascinating. Well, and I can tell you why all the public polls are dead wrong. Okay. Oh, I can't wait for that one. Uh, KFI AM 640, uh, Jennifer Jones-Lee. Movie producer. with pleasure hands to take you in the KFI, handle here on a uh, Friday, May 25th. Big stories that we're covering, of course. Harvey Weinstein uh, went, uh, turned himself in this morning. He was in handcuffs in front of the judge. Made a million dollar bail, cash bail. He is out and he's looking at two uh, counts of uh, rape and I think forced oral copulation, I think is the other one. And uh, North Korea and um, Kim Jong-un and the president are now bouncing back and forth. This thing may actually happen, uh, which is pretty good. Also, I've been playing uh, my graduation. Well, actually, John has all the bumper music uh, is from the year I graduated high school. We've been doing that all week. So for those of you that have been listening, which hopefully is a lot of you, because that's your job. <laughs> Let me explain how this works in radio. <laughs> and uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Also, I did my commencement speech this morning at 7.30. My high school commencement speech. Well, not my high school. To the high school, uh, the high school graduating class of 2018. And uh, you can listen to that on the podcast. It was pretty good, I thought. Not bad this year. All right. Also, please donate to help uh, American Red Cross Initiative get prepared California for your $400 donation. You and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew. Unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the OUE Sky Space in downtown L.A. You have to be 21. 100% of the proceeds benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared California campaign. Limited tickets for details. Log on to KFIAM640.com and the search is... Mixer. Okay, back we go. John Thomas, the Thomas Guide. We've gone through the president. We've gone through what is going on in uh, the comms with the comms director. What do we do the first segment, by the way? Uh, oh, the summit. We talked about the summit and the politics. And now let's spend a moment or two talking about this little race for governor uh, in, here in California. And as John said, why the polls are wrong. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. That was an intro. <laughs> I, well, so you've seen a bunch. There's been a ton of public polling over the last year, essentially, in this governor's race. 
And it showed over the last, especially six months, that Antonio Viragosa is a serious potential contender to get into the top two. Uh, that would be a big, big deal because if if that happened, it's possible that Antonio would have a path to beating Gavin Newsom on a on a Democrat on Democrat contest. Except it's not going to happen. We're never going to see that battle, despite polls showing that in some polls, although last month or so you've seen Gavin still in a clear first. He's he has a comfortable floor that he'll he'll go to a top two, but. Oftentimes it was between the margin of error between Republican John Cox and Antonio Viragosa. And some people were saying, well, all you have to do – in fact, expert colleagues of mine are saying, I think Antonio's got a good shot because you just have to draw the trend lines, John. He was at 7, and now you know he's at, depending on the survey, 13 to 15, and if Cox is 17, that's within the margin, and he's on the ascent, and Cox is stuck or potentially on the d- descent. Except there's one problem. Uh, and by the way, Antonio's received a ton of outside spending. Oh yeah, it's I mean, amazing it's, how I, much. I, I want to say he's on track to hit twenty million, uh, maybe more. For and for a primary, is that astronomical, or is I that was, about right? It's about right. Okay, uh, I was. I tell potential gubernatorial clients that that we might consider working with fifteen million dollars as table stakes to get through a primary comfortably. But he's he's over that he's over that hump. Uh, he's received almost twenty million in outside spending. I think his campaign's another six or so million. So, so he's he's a very healthy healthy level, but he's got a math problem, and the polling has been dead wrong. Cox will go to a runoff. I think I declared this what a month or two ago with yeah. some internal polling or, or some um, trustworthy internal polling, not from campaigns but from an outside outside group. But here's why, and the po- public polling's wrong. Because the sample they've been using is more than doubling the Latino perceived Latino turnout in June. And we're seeing this not just in the governor's race. We're seeing this what in is, congressional. And what does that mean? Explain that. So, so essentially, you know, polling has to put together a sample of what they people they expect to turn out. Uh, and and a lot of the public polling and, quite frankly, some internal polls I've seen, um, especially on uh, ambitious Democrat House candidates, their modeling is looking more like a presidential, where they're assuming Latino turnout will be more at a presidential level. Uh, younger voters will look more like a presidential level in terms of turnout, but it's wrong. So far, we are seeing turnout in these midterm elections, and not just in California, but quite frankly, all over the country, looking like the most boring, typical midterm cycle you've ever seen, which fa- typical midterms favor Republicans. And Latinos, on average, do not vote. In the midterms. And so what you're seeing in these public polling is that imagine this, Bill. If the Latino, if the perceived Latino turnout in, in California is 25% in these polls, which it's not, it's less than half than that, half of that. But if you're at 25% and Antonio captures half or maybe a little bit more of it, all of a sudden Antonio starts at 13 or 14%. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where in fact, if it's going to be only half that antonio realistically is probably he's he's probably grown a little bit from this advertising he's grown from probably seven to nine which is nothing for 26 million dollars because because the number the path just isn't there so you're saying it's going to be cox the republican and gavin newsom the uh the democrat that's right that's the race Mm -hmm. all right so here is what's going to happen on wednesday after the election on tuesday is you're going to be sitting right there in that chair, John, and we're going to go through uh, the list 
of your guesses. Okay, <laughs> great. Say, how did you do on this one, John? And you uh, may end up doing having a, a job here forever, or that will be <laughs> oh, Wednesday. Shoot. Will be the last time I ever see you. Okay. Okay. I love this. Yeah, it's going to be great. Can I just ask, has Governor Brown endorsed anybody yet? No, right? For I governor? Do, I don't believe he I has. I don't think because he has. Because I just saw this morning him endorse Javier Becerra, but I thought, oh, that's isn't that odd that he's, he's going to go out for a state AG, but he doesn't go after his own lieutenant governor? Well, that's a sitting state AG, too. But wouldn't you support your own lieutenant governor? Uh, not, Typically? And I don't think necessarily you would, uh, because they don't run together anymore. Which, and, which, and they wh- may not be, well, they may not be another allies. Another interesting wrinkle is they both have the same political consultant. No uh, kidding. Uh, Gavin and, and Brown. So no kidding. you know that if a marriage could be made there, they would have made it. That would it. be the so easy there's, one. So there's something there. Uh, All right. All right. Coming up, uh, kids' suicide rates. Uh, you want to do the fight? All right. We'll do that one instead. Uh, calling your lawyer uh, from your jail cell. You think that the attorney-client privilege would prevail here? Uh, Rongo bongo. Let me explain why. It's almost scary. Well, actually, it is scary if you're in jail. All right, we'll be back with that. Uh, John, thank you. Thanks, Bill. And we'll see you again, uh, no doubt, next week. This is, uh, at least until the election, KFI (laughs) AM 